On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting this game, streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. Uh, Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this uh, Monday. It is Everest and Kosciuszko week. It's going to be an absolute beauty. And make sure you are tuned into Sky Sports Radio all week. We're going to have some fun. We've got the barrier draw, of course, tomorrow for the world's richest race on turf. We've also got the Kosciuszko, and it's all going to unfold. We've got scratchings today with Tanya Thomas. We'll get straight to that, and then we'll get our panel of Ron Doversy, Glenn Munsey, and Dean Lester. G'day, Tanya. Morning, Dave. Morning, everyone. Racing in New South Wales today is at Tamworth and Mwilumba. Let's start with Tamworth, where the weather is fine. The track is a heavy eight. The rail is true, and there are 21 scratchings. The first race there today is at 10 past two. Out of race one, take number 11, pick a pepper, number 11. Race two, number seven, Austral Thoughts. Eight, Lightning Hammer. 10, Denavi, 11, Enthralled in the Emergency, 16 and 18. 7, 8, 10, 11, 16 and 18. Race 3, number 3, Golden Button. 4, Starliner in the Emergency, 15. 3, 14 and 15. Race 4, number 5, Seething Chuck. 6, Seething Seb. 10, Sun Chaser. And 14, Hanwi. 5, 6, 10 and 14. To race 5, take out 3, Amicus Curai. And 11, Distinctive Glory, 3 and 11. From race 6, number 10, Reveal the Magic, number 10. And race 7, take out 3, Stay Chill. 7, Light Up My World, 12, Green Opinions. And 14, Zamali. 3, 7, 12 and 14 from race 7 at Tamworth. Mwilumbar, the weather is showers. The track is soft six, the rail true, and 33 scratchings. The first race there today is at 150, take out number eight, Sequoia Chieftain, and nine, Thonis, eight and nine. Race two, number one, Tootsie's Tops, six, Magic in Me, seven, My Odette, and eight, Captivare, one, six, seven, and eight. From race three, number four, Jimmy Neutron, seven, I Am a Beauty, and eight, I'm going to cash you. Four, seven, and eight. Race four, number two, I'm Timmy Zoo. Eight, easy said. Nine, jazz. Ten, jacket. Twelve, solarosa. And the emergencies, 14 through to 16. Two, eight, nine, ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. From race five, number two, Sircot. Five, Johnny Can Dance. Six, Substance. Nine, Inclusion. And ten, Primary Witness. Two, five, six, nine, and ten. Race six, number two, Platinum Rose. Three, Sounds Divine. Four, Boca Riva. Five, Pretty As. Nine, Crystallization. Ten, Frioles. And twelve, Malamova. Two, three, four, five, nine, ten, and twelve. And for race seven, number one, Franklin Corners. Two, Just Cosmos, six, Blend, and eight, Seneca Falls. One, two, six, and eight, Dave, from race seven at Mwilumba. Beautiful, Tanya. Looking forward to Tamworth today. So we will be having a full preview of that after punters post-mortem this morning. Take note. So uh, we'll have a preview of Tamworth a little bit later on. Our panel today is Ron Doversy, Glenn Munsey, and Dean Lester. We will take your calls on 13.53.53, and let's hope the old voice can get through today. Uh, I'll say good day to you, Ronnie. Uh, we only got half that program done and dusted, mate, but uh, what we did get, we had some good winners there at Ramwick. Hello to you, mate. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Yep, we got through the first six, and uh, there's some really good performances. Obviously a very biased track, and hard to assess the form moving forward with um, um, well, all of those horses probably well on the speed and kicking away and very tough for the horses uh, trying to make ground, especially out wide. So uh, a tough, like I say, a very tough day to assess in general. Dean Lester, what a bad day it was down there at Caulfield and we probably did get to see the best horse in the country, didn't we, Animo? He's a beauty. Yeah, I think so, Dave. Uh, good morning to you. It, uh, it was a great day of racing, but that was a great race. And, uh, yeah, he when the chips were down, he uh, he found a way to win and uh, I, I thought, uh, you know, when, once he did level out, that's the best I've seen him really flatten out and, and want to get to the line. And, and, again, right on the line, 
pricked his ear. He, he just knows how to find the line and win by enough. And Glenn Munsey joining us as well. Glenn, um, what, uh, well, well, no doubt we're going to talk about Animo a lot today and, and the performance of those horses, but he just has a, more of a stranglehold now on the Cox Plate. Yeah, well, good morning to you, Dave. Good morning to Ron and Dean and all the listeners. I tell you what, if you're on him on Saturday, you were, uh, you're feeling a bit ordinary coming to the turn because uh, he, he just didn't seem to uh, want to get around that bend that well at Caulfield. But when he flattened out and uh, uh, picked them up, uh, it was all over probably at about, oh, the 125. You knew when he came out after them he was probably going to do, do better than them. And, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards now until the Cox Plate. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that's going to be an absolute beauty. Your call's on 13-53-53. Let's, because, it, 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 look, we, we lost that meeting, or well, some of that meeting there at Ramwick. I want to start uh, with, obviously, talking about Animo. What did you make of watching that? Uh, we've, you've seen him plenty of times here in Sydney, Duff, but uh, to see him do that at Caulfield against uh, those horses that, you know, we've seen up here, the Thunderstrucks, the Zarkies, etc. Did he blow you away? Uh, yes, he did, you know, because I think, you know, <clears throat> face value might say, oh, they're still got a chance of beating him in the Cox Plate because it was a bit of a bunch finish. But I think it was the first brutal test he's had this time in. And I think that may be the toughen-up run he has to have uh, going to a grand final. We know he handles Co- uh, Mooney Valley well. I hope he I hope he draws a, a, for his supporters a barrier again in the Cox Plate <coughs> because I love to see him ridden close like he was on Saturday. And he, even though he hit that flat spot when they sprinted, um, he was just so dominant that last, you know, 200 metres uh, to do what he did and run through a pain barrier and find a way again. He's just a, um, you know, he's a star. I reckon he's a star. And he's, he's been untouchable in three group ones um, in three runs back. And I still think there's more to offer, to tell you the truth. Um, yep, uh, he goes there. Yeah. You know, in a blaze of glory, really. He's the he's the deserved favourite, the horse to beat, wet, dry, in between. Um, he he was great. I'm thunderstruck. Well, Mick Price was proven right, saying that he, you know, we like to ride him, try and ride him a bit closer. That seemed to work. Uh, Zaki and Alligator Blood, well, they're, they're, they're two peas in a pot, aren't they? Um, they probably want the Mooney Valley track to be p- playing on pace on Cox Plate Day, and they, they come back into play, you know. I... I but I think it's all about Animo. He's just a he's a superstar. And Dino, uh, what did, what's your assessment of this race, mate? Oh, it was a, it was a great contest, and it was a building speed. Uh, he had Alligator Blood lead, and he led it pretty easy fractions early. But uh, you knew Zaki was going to take it to him at some stage, and he did. And uh, and then it was game on for those, and that, and that's when the pressure came on. And at first, Animo not handling it, and for a horse that had. Been to Caulfield uh, four times before. It was like uh, he'd never seen the place. He, he really lost uh, his advantage coming to the turn and, and you thought maybe he lost his chance. But uh, he levelled out well on Thunderstruck. Good. The one I thought was the good little run in the race was Mr Brightside. The first time they've ridden him right back on uh, you know, deliberately and he over-raced early and he he was probably a pair further back. Jordan Childs got in on non-conformist into a spot that probably Craig Williams wanted, which was on the back of Animo. But he ran home inside the top 10 last 200s of the day. So he ran through the line well. So I think off that sort of ride, uh, he could be a top three or four chance in a Cox Plate. All right. Uh, we've got our first caller. Anthony's on the line. Uh, I think this one is for Munns. G'day, Anthony. Yeah, I love to hammer Munsey on a Monday morning, eh? Join the queue. <laughs> um, I love the concept of these bonus bets that you're giving out. Because right. makes me bet more on a Saturday in those first couple of races, but I've had it happen before with a late scratching. So with those bonus bets, I'll use them for a quaddy and first fours and stuff, breaking down. When that race was abandoned, I've lost all the bets, and the bonus bets don't come back in as bonus bets. The money's just gone. So just run run me through this again. You've you've had a bet on Saturday in one of the early races because the promotion is and it's been a very very successful promotion offering uh, the the opportunity to bet in the first two races in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane on a Saturday. And if your horse does not win, you have to place your bet via the the app or or the website. And if your horse doesn't win, you get a uh, up to a fifty dollar bonus bet. You've then used that bonus bet on a quaddy, a quaddy later quaddy in the day. And first fours, 
and I did it on Saturday, and the races are abandoned, and all those bets have gone, and all the money's gone. The bonus bets have gone. It doesn't come back in. Right, well... It happened before when there was a a meeting abandoned midweek. Yeah, I I know with the multiplier that you get, you know, you get one opportunity a day with the multiplier, and if you say back a scratching, your, your opportunity is gone then for the multiplier, but I've got no idea about the bonus bet situation. Um, I, I can tell you it's not my area of expertise, bonus bets, uh, anything. Uh, but um, now, hang on. No, no, no. no uh, so you've gone from having a fixed odds bet to a paramutual bet because that you're, you're using that bonus money, or in inverted commas, uh, into a paramutual bet. Uh, I don't know whether that is the that that is the reason you've switched from, but you know a fifty dollar bonus bet into your account could be used on Udna Data Dogs at four o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, taking, they're not called off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so obviously but, it'd be the same. What he's more or less saying is he's, he's got a bonus bet out of those first couple of races, and maybe he's had say fifty dollars on Williamsburg in the gloaming. And um, they've called the meeting off, and he doesn't get his bonus bet. Yeah, the bonus bet. Yeah, the bonus bet's only the only they only last for seven days. I know that, uh, but I, I don't know about that situation. Uh, you know, you've had a bet into a race that's been abandoned, and therefore your bonus bet uh, is gone because you, you haven't had the opportunity to actually use the bonus bet. If you, yeah. if you haven't taken up the opportunity to use the bonus bet within the seven days, I can full. I, I'm. I'm I, I, I realise that the bonus bet will go because you've only got a limited amount of time to use it. But regards to then having a bet and the race being abandoned, I don't know about that. Yeah, it happens with late scratchings too. Yeah. All right, thanks for your call, Phil. Uh, sorry, uh, Anthony, we've got Phil on the line now. G'day, Phil. Yes, good morning, guys. Um, I just want to ask Dean, does he know anything about old fame on Saturday? I know uh, the Snowdens gave it a big rap and... Uh, it run a shocker. I don't know whether it broke down or bled or... Does anyone know anything about that? Run a shocker. They had no oh, luck yeah, at all. Yeah. It, uh, it was in the box seat, got shuffled back and got all but fell on straightening and got going again late. I think with reasonable luck, it probably wins the race. But, uh, yeah, no, certainly didn't run a shocker, Phil. It, uh, it, it ran a luckless race, that's for sure. It should stick with it then. Uh, well, if it was in the same sort of race again, I'd be happy to back it. What about this Golden Mile? There's a couple of texts here about Golden Mile, and we'll, we'll um, I mean, again, J-Mac, it was a lovely ride, wasn't it, Dino? It was, it needed to be. Uh, he didn't have a lot left in the tank, but uh, he, he got there. They're just, uh, other than the, the, the Golden Rose and, and Jack and those figures, these three-year-olds just keep running you know, bunch finishes down here and not much between them. And I'm suggesting that they can't all be really, really good. Uh, I think Elliptical is a nice horse and you'll probably see him up your way for the spring champion. Um, and is a very nice horse that came from the back and was a big run in the context of the day. But, uh, yeah, the very you know, 11 horses within about two and a half lengths of each other. So very bunch finished. Well, those three horses you mentioned there, Golden Mile, Osipenko and Elliptical, are now the top three picks for the spring champion. Uh, so what would you what would you want to be on if, uh, you know, push comes to shove in the, the spring champion out of those three or another in the guineas? No, I think Elliptical maybe, but Osipenko, um, Waller in Sydney uh, and, and the horse, you know, will go that way. Elliptical hasn't been up, that, uh, up to Sydney, so... I think you know, the way they rode Ozapenko Saturday, that you know, he's setting up well for a race like the Spring Champion. Uh, Duff, what did you make of uh, of J Max ride there on Golden Mile? Well, you won't see three better rides, Pulele, Animo, than Golden Mile put together in three big races, which is three cool rides, I must say. And uh, it was a difference. The barrier in the ride was the difference between winning and losing. Um, I was on second and third, and I thought they were both fantastic. And yeah, look, when you look at the overall time, you know, be, between the tour rack and the guineas, there's a big difference there. So, Dino might be right. There might might not might not be too much between um, a couple of these three-year-olds, and the 2,000 metres is a whole new ba- uh, pain barrier. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm in love with uh, elliptical and Ozapinko. 
and we get to see the, the Sydney basically combatants go round. They'll go round. It was going to be 1,800 on Saturday at Ramwick, the gloaming, and it's going to be 1,600 at Warwick Farm on Wednesday. Hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Chris on the line. Morning, Chris. Morning. How are you? Very good, mate. Could I just uh, talk to Dean, please? Dean Lester? Yes, Chris, mate. Yeah, Dean, look, I just wanted to query the run of uh, Mwanga and the Caulfield Stakes on Saturday. Was it a lot better than what you thought it was? Because... I read the stewards report that it got blocked for a run. Got held up, and he ended up on the inside, and I think he's better outside horses, and I was surprised he ended up back to the, the inside. But the last 200, uh, he ran home uh, the, the second best last 200 of the race. Mr Brightside was the best, and he was the second best. So I think he needs everything to go right in this grade, like uh, he showed, but he showed in the Underwood he's, he's in, in the conversation. But Saturday, he just got in the wrong spot. Fantastic. Thanks for your call there, uh, Chris. Uh, you're on Punner's Postmortem this morning at 20 past nine. Your call's on 13.53.53. We'll jump back to Sydney. Uh, there's a text here on the text line about Sky Command. It's, it's going to be hard to assess this meeting, though, isn't it, Duff, considering you needed to probably be up on speed and, and near the fence? Yeah, look, I'm surprised she wasn't a big firmer. I know she was suspect at the distance, but... I don't think that mattered on the day, and um, when the other favourite missed the start and uh, she found the lead on her own, it was nearly all over. And she'd been going really good in a couple of runs back, and uh, yeah, she she just found the lane and off she went. Even though she had to get tired late, uh, the issue was beyond doubt uh, before the 300 metre mark, and you know, those couple that made ground, the wet trackers, never talk there. And uh, here's uh, Harrison going past some, um, you know, very, very tired horses. And uh, Munns, from a uh, from a betting perspective, were you surprised that they didn't firm up, Sky Command? <sighs> yes, Dave, because um, you know you didn't you didn't have to be a genius to work out you had to be up there, and and the fact that you know you looked at the race and you said, well, there's only two real horses that'll be forward here. And they're drawn alongside each other in Expat and Sky Command. And you'd say, well, okay, well, they're just going to go forward. One's going to lead. One's going to be outside it. Uh, Expat continued to firm and Sky Command continued to drift. And you just kept saying to yourself, well, hang on, but but why why is this so when you knew you had to be up there and, you know, the, the... the, the guaranteed back markers like horses like Promise of Success and others uh, and Jal Lay, the two stable mates, all they did was kept getting out. Um, the horse that sort of held its spot in the market was Larkspur Run. And you said to yourself, well, OK, well, it's holding its spot because it's got barrier two. And if Jal Lay is typically slow away uh, or, or back in the field anyway, well, Larkspur Run's going to be third fence. So it, it's going to find its spot there. Well, the surprising aspect of the race was how much speed Jal Lay did actually show. Uh, Expat was dodgy away from the barriers. That was the end of the section from it. And Sky Command just got a very, very easy lead. And albeit she was, you know, she's always been a risk at getting 1,200, albeit she's only had two goes at it and she's been safely held realistically. Uh, as soon as she found the front and then, you know, the chasers dropped off, that was the end of the section. So it certainly was. Uh, we've got uh, Kevin on the line now for Punners Post. Well, Kevin, not too far away. Uh, I think he'll be with us soon, Nick. We're going to press the green button. Uh, the first race in Melbourne he wants to talk about. Um, he won't be too far away and then we'll get him up on the line. Uh, Kevin, good morning. Morning, boys. Uh, can I speak to Dino, please? Yes, mate. Yes, Kevin. Uh, Dean, uh, first race in Melbourne on Saturday, uh, the two-year-old, how yep. impressive he was. He was outstanding. Outstanding, ran time, good type, great right stable. Uh, he said the, the benchmark down here anyway. Of, uh, we've only had a couple of two-year-old races, but it'll be a good benchmark to beat, I reckon. He, he's a beauty. Yeah, you didn't even touch him at all. Uh, King's Gambit we're talking about, and uh, yeah, yeah, he uh, he trotted up. Uh, no, he's very impressive. Yeah, okay then. All right, thanks, fellas. Beautiful, Kevin. Thank you very much. Well, we we, we actually call. changed our um, our call signs after Saturday. We used to just say SF, you know, for Sydney form. It's now it's STF, Sydney Trial form. Sydney Trial form. Yeah, um, yeah. Comment here on Best of Bordeaux, please, Duff, from a couple of people on the text line. Yep, I thought he was good. Uh, he had a little setback coming into that race and they'd saved him, saved him, saved him and produced him Saturday. His um, two wet track runs have been great now. So I thought it was a lovely, um, I know it's hard to say a lovely ride on the day, but 
He showed intent to get across that a couple that might were going to be a, uh, could have been a problem inside him early, uh, but he showed that intent and then he, he got him to switch off a little bit. melanie has got beautiful hands, and um, they they blended really well together. And he, he raced away and was too strong. Sweet ride just doesn't run that twelve hundred when you when he got out there. You thought, oh, he's going he's going to come, but then you thought, oh, it's twelve hundred though, and that was exactly the the, the, the thing. So. Look, I think we'll learn more about him maybe in the Coolmore. Uh, hard to assess, but he, he hasn't done too much wrong uh, in, his, in his career, and it's nice to see him get another win on the board. All right, uh, we've got uh, John not too far away on line two. Morning, John. Oh, good morning, Dean. Yes, John. Uh, I backed um, Pinstripe and Character in the Turak, and uh, they weren't even in the call, but I looked at their form and I thought they were really good chances. Did you notice anything about them? I thought character race just a little bit flat, maybe. That, you know, on the backup, he didn't quite back up. Um, and Pinstripe had to go back from the draw, and he worked home okay. He didn't go home as well as Laws of Indices, or probably even I Wish I Win. He ran okay. Um, just looking at him in the yard, he's he's got very light Pinstripe. I just wonder if he, he's still maturing. Uh, I just wonder if it's all come a bit quick for him again, as a for, even a, as a spring four-year-old. I thought he'd lightened off a lot since his last run. Thanks very much, Dean. Perfect, John. Thank no you very much. Been, it's supposed to be coming here for the Golden Eagle, Pinstriped. He is, yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's got much left in the tank, uh, um, to be honest, Buns. So that, that would be my concern. He's got three weeks, but uh, they'd have to handle him with kid gloves going in, I reckon. Okay. Uh, it is currently a 9.25. Give us a call, 13.53.53, the open line number. Uh, now, Duff, there's some text here on the text line. I heard that a bit of snippet of the coverage where yourself, Corey Brown, Greg Radley were talking on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Just explain to some of the audience, because there's a couple of texts here saying, can you ask Duff what uh, he was talking about in regards to staying away from the rail in a jockey's agreement? Well, I missed the coverage, but saw it on social media. Could you just give us some context? Well, the, after race five, the, you know, the jockeys were worried about the track and they must have had a chat and, and said, oh, okay, let's make a pact that we're going to not go to that inside part of the... We're going to stay in the middle of the track because it was, it was worn up. Up the side there, it, the inside was worn up the inside, so they thought it might have been a little bit dangerous with you know horses dipping or whatever. And um, it was never going to happen. Yeah, well, especially they winning on the fence? That's right. Uh, <laughs> it was chopped up, but it was the best going. <laughs> uh, so good luck with that one, I see. That's what was the point I was... The, you know, the, all these jockeys are saying they're going to do it. It would be a race to get to the inside. Yeah. And it would cause that much drama, um, more drama yeah. than what we had. So it was just ridiculous. And I said that. And it was proven correct because the, the winner was on a half a horse off the fence, Opal Ridge, and the ones outside him weren't going anywhere wider on that track. Mm. And uh, it was just a... Uh, yeah, it, 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 we, there's no way we are going to fall for that three-card trick, that's for sure. Mm. OK. Um, are you concerned about that track now for next week? No, no. will be a fresh patch the, inside, right? Yeah, the, the track is fine. It's just the problem we had on Saturday is those couple of hundred mils of rain that we had during the week. There's nowhere, there's nowhere to turn. And I don't care if, if there's only three mils forecast for the day. If we get one of those mils, and it's been proven year, I don't care what track you're on. If you start on a heavy track anywhere in, in the country, you can throw Flemington in there as well. I know it's a great yep. track. But if you're getting a couple of mils while those races are being run, there's drama. And that was always going to be the case there on Saturday. Um, as soon as it started to spit, you I don't care how much rain's in it, and I've been there and done that myself in the old, in the old days, and it just doesn't work on wet tracks when you're getting rain on the day. Uh, Wayne's on line one. Morning, Wayne. Uh, good morning, guys. How you going? Good, I just mate. thought I'd give a wrap to my warden. Um, she runs the uh, uh, Punters Club at the Eagle Hawk Hotel down near the ACT there. And she's been on the range and on the bit for the last 31 weeks. So she's 31 weeks is a fair effort. I thought I'd give her a bit of a wrap, mate. Fantastic, Wayne. Thanks for your call, mate. Not a problem. All right. Uh, too easy, Wayne. 
Uh, Simon's not too far away from joining us as well. Good morning, Simon. Hi, guys. Yeah, look, I just wanted to ask, I don't know, Ron, if, if it's the stewards' decision or somebody else, but what they make adjustments and amendments to racing when it's got really hot weather. They bring the races forward and they get the races over and done. We knew that rain was coming. Do we know why the stewards didn't just start the races an hour or two earlier and even shorten up the time between races? I've seen heaps of comments that that should be in the case. I agree. Um, I know it's a big turnover day and um, you want to make the most of it, but you've got to adjust to a situation as well. Um, we would have been better off running um, you know, an hour or two earlier with shorter gaps and then putting these races on a Wednesday where they're not going to turn over as much anyway. So hindsight's a marvellous thing. Uh, but we do adjust when we, we, we talk about, you know, horse health and jockey safety and, and horse safety as well. well. When we've got a forecast of, you know, 100 degrees, you know, 40, <coughs> 40 degrees Celsius, we, we, we react and bring the uh, meetings start earlier or later to, subject to the weather um, in the heat. Why can't we do it in the wet? We've got all these fan-dangled machines telling us when the rain's going to come. And uh, they got it right on Saturday. They said there's not going to be hardly anything before 3 o'clock. Uh, so why couldn't we adapt there? Um, I don't know. There's lots of factors that go into it. And uh, smarter people than me can tell you that. But uh, I thought there was the common... My theory was we should have started earlier and I think it was proven correct. Yeah, agree. With um, with that, how how often have we had meetings moved forward in the past? Stuff. I think for heat, we've had a few more than a few yeah, times. So, so we've heat. had them transferred. I don't, I can't remember a meeting in Sydney being brought forward time wise. We've had them transferred away from Warwick Farm because of heat, uh, and yeah. that's been done a couple of days beforehand in uh, in uh, in the middle of, you know, heatwave conditions, and they said it was going to be, you know, 42 degrees or something. I cannot remember a meeting in Sydney being brought forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I have. I just, I just got to think of it, what it was, but I'm sure we have at some stage in the last 10 years, and I know Melbourne's done it a few times, um, without a doubt. a few times, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, to and and just to just on that to move a meeting forward and I don't I don't know the ins and outs but would that require other states to give approval for us to move forward or do we just do we just no. put our hand no, up and no. say no we're moving forward? Well, yeah. um, when we say moving forward, I, I mean start earlier. So yeah. would, would, would have had no effect on anything. Would have been, they would have, they would have been yeah. they would have been clapping their hands. Look, we've got a free free hit late in the day with our feature races um, <coughs> with all eyes on us. Hmm. As you said, you would have taken a, a hit with uh, turnover, but should you know when it when it, I mean that it was pretty well apparent that rain was going to come for a few days. Um, the gloaming and those races should they have been early in the day? Yeah, then it's discrimination against the shafting the the country horses. Okay, how come we get shafted the last that's just going to be called off? You know, and then there's a there's a stink on that one. There's there's different angles uh, you could take to that. You know. You, you, Okay, let's put our good horses. If you want to start the day like that and and, and program it that way, oh well, yeah, good as yeah, that's goal. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah program yeah. it like yeah. Oh no, not change it midstream, but yes, program just go. Oh look, it's going to be we're going to be on bad ground, and these races are leading to something. I know the midways and the highways are important, but they're they're on every week. That's right. Uh, the 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 gliding is leading to the spring champion and etc. Yep, yep. The stewards did say there was a change in the weather forecast. Like the weather was always, we were going to get, you know, 40 mils of rain on Saturday. And, that, and Mark Van Gestel did use that when Greg asked him after the meeting was called off. He said, well, we did get a change of weather and they were down to, say, six mils with the majority of rain to come after four o'clock in the afternoon. But as Ronnie said, there was only, you know, it was 1.8 or 2.1 mils of rain by the time the meeting was called off. Then the majority of rain did come. Um, I think they finished with about 50 mils uh, yeah. by the end of the, by the end of Saturday night, and and yet uh, Sunday was the, the the original weather forecast was much more rain on Sunday than Saturday. We got nothing. This is Punter's Post Mortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, you're on Punter's Post Mortem on this Monday, and Nick is joining us now on line one. Good morning, Nick. 
Morning, Dave. Morning, boys. Just um, a bit of a question regarding Caulfield Cup hopes. I've had a couple of longer-range plays earlier on uh, in the year on non-conformist. Probably question for Dino. Non-conformist and maximal. And you think of their chances. I thought non-conformist was OK on the weekend without sort of being outstanding, but getting out of the 2,400 should suit. Yeah, it was the first glimmer of hope all preparation from him. I thought he ran quite well. Uh, and, yeah, 2,400 handicap, and they've timed him. They've known all year that he was going to get a run in the Corfield Cup, so they're, uh, they've uh, timed his preparation well. I think he'll be on song on Saturday. And, Mac- and Maximal, Maximal looks like yeah, he's going to get in. 53 kilos, Ben Mallon. Ben Mallon must have been impressed with him because... Uh, he did tell me once he'd never ride under 53 and a half ever again, so he must have uh, been very impressed with uh, how he went in the uh, in the Turnbull. So I think uh, it all comes down to conditions with him. Just dry ground, he's a, a great chance. Beautiful. Thank you, boys. Did Benno do enough on Saturday to be a, a live Caulfield Cup chance? Yep, uh, he did. He did. I mean, he's... Not that Saturday was going to be the race, but he's just going to actually now just win a race, doesn't he? But... Uh, he, he's going, I thought he, he did enough and uh, that sort of run usually stands in pretty good stead for a Caulfield Cup. What do you think about a leg run in the um, Caulfield Cup? Well, yeah, I, I think when he and Benno have met ATC Derby and when they met the other week, uh, he beat him. So I think he's a he'd be the, the one I'd probably prefer of the two, but uh, he did miss that run mm. in the Turnbull Stakes with a temperature, but... Uh, Evidently, all's well with him. Uh, he's galloping at Caulfield in the morning. Beautiful. And I see, uh, is Ethan Brown booked to ride him? Ethan Brown's riding yeah. him, yep. And Perfect. he's galloping him in the morning. All right. Mark's on the line. Morning, Mark. Yeah, morning, boys. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, like, Ron, um, yeah, missed that run. I was all over him, but a bit worried about missing that run. Dino. Uh, yes, Mark. Typhoon Tipman. Still giving no hope in the uh, guineas? No hope, but she need. I, I think what she showed the other day, she needs a good draw. So, draw will be out soon. And if she draws well, uh, I think she's probably a top. You know, she's top four or five chance. Uh, uh, she proved in the Edward Manifold, and it was a pretty good race this year. But she uh, she ran well. She surprised me. I, I got to say, I thought that I thought the back end of a a mile would find her out, but it didn't. So, uh, but I do think she needs to draw well. So that'll be the key. Yeah. Okay. And I've got another one for you. For the Derby, I think some of them horses have struggled to get twenty five hundred in the Derby. As you said, a bunch finished. One that finished at yep. the back, Skippios. What do you reckon? I've had Skippios pretty high up in the Derby for a while. Uh, he, he'll stay. He likes Flemington. Uh, he didn't do much on Saturday, but he did enough. So if you like him, yeah, I'm not talking out of uh, Skippios at all because he will you know, definitely stay. <laughs> Dogs are barking, Skiffios. Yes, yes, they're barking, yeah. I'd be getting your money back off that dog trainer, I can tell you that much. Well, (laughs) she's actually, she's brought the ball in here to the office, and the best go is she usually drops the ball at my feet and it goes under the desk, so I've blocked the desk off, um, so she can't put it under the desk, and and now she's put it under the lounge at the other part of the office. It's all happening. Um, Yes. Bruce, Bruce's on the line. Morning, Bruce. Good morning, gents. How are you going? Good mate, Bruce. Uh, I want to speak to Dino, please. Yes, Bruce. Uh, Dino, what do you think of the run of her sand? I thought it was pretty good because it's in sort of one out uh, outside the outside of the leader, and uh, I know it's always stood up after a spell. I thought it might be coming a bit uh, towards the Caulfield and Melbourne Cups. Yeah, well, I think yeah, Caulfield Cup on Saturday he ran third in it last year. Uh, he's a bit like nonconformist. He showed a bit Saturday. I. I've got to be honest, I don't think it was a very good race for Herbert Power. Um, I think he needed to do probably a little bit more, but at least it was encouraging. And, uh, you know, you know that uh, what he will do is he makes his own luck. He gets up on the pace. So um, I'm not I'm not with him, but uh, I can see why you'd think he's, you know, he's starting to come right anyway. Yeah, and obviously they're planning the backup. They... Last year he ran in the Turnbull before he placed in the Corville Cup. This year they're planning the backup with him. So uh, yeah, they're, they're getting the certainly getting the miles in his legs, and I would suggest that he'll be right up on the speed come Saturday. 
And also another one, I was watching the rap yesterday and uh, had Ben Boss on, and he mentioned the horse called Aloof. What's it called? Al- Aloof. Aloof in the Melbourne Cup, is it? Yeah, the Caulfield Cup, yeah. In the Caulfield Cup. Is that the horse that J-Max riding? The German horse? Yeah, I think it's, Aloof, the, yes. it's the Melbourne Cup. Oh, in the Melbourne Cup. Mm. Loft. Yeah, loft, yeah. Loft. Loft, yeah, yeah. Well, he's uh, he got uh, pretty good uh, credentials uh, at at uh, the staying caper, especially at the long, you know, thirty two hundreds where he's been. Uh, he's come into his own, and he won that Belmont Gold Cup in America. Uh, and a couple have come through that and tried to win the Melbourne Cup in the past and haven't been able to achieve it. But uh, he seems to have a Good profile. He's run well in races that usually uh, lead into the Melbourne Cup, like the race at Chester or any place. So, yeah, he's certainly he's certainly a very interesting runner. But yeah, until I hit the ground uh, here, that's when I get more interested in the imports. Uh, James McDonald's riding it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. James has uh, agreed at this stage to, to jump. Aussie Kerr is in the ownership, isn't he? It's one of their horses. Uh, I think. Yeah, I believe mm. so. Yep. Yeah. Um, Opal Ridge, thanks for your call, Bruce. Opal Ridge, Duff. Um, great to see Luke Pepper win a big race like this, mate. Oh, terrific. Um, I think she might have been a late nom for the race. She was uh, well, so brave. You know, 1,100 to 1,400 in conditions like that. She gets a, a big tick there, and she deserves uh, she deserves that win. A uh, big money race, and... Um, yeah, they don't have to worry about the Kosciuszko now with a win like that under their, under their belt. Uh, she, she was just amazing and uh, capitalised on all the opportunities there and showed really good heart um, running the distance right out. Um, Munns, uh, she seemed like a good go, betting-wise, for the day. Well, she was, Dave, because it was a situation where I thought she was going to be easy on the day because of the fact she was jumping to 1,400 metres and uh, she'd gone up a $2.60 chance in the morning. Uh, She got to $2.80, actually, uh, prior to the first race. But once they ran a couple of races, she was $2.60 into $2.25 by the time her race rolled around. She did get back out to be a $2.40 chance, I think, just before they jumped. But, um, you know, people people uh, worked it out that, you know, they looked at the others there and uh, those horses that were going to be back in the field that they thought would be some sort of danger uh, beca- became a little bit easy and Opal Ridge was just hard there in the market with the fact that she was going to be in the right spot. And, and it's going to be interesting coming out of this meeting, horses like uh, Opal Ridge, also Best of Bordeaux and to a to a lesser, or probably not to a lesser extent, uh, but the Sky Command, when they get to races of similar distances that they won on Saturday, uh, I, I think they're, they're going to be probably risked in the market. What about the Turak handicap? Jumping back down to Melbourne, Dino here. Um, obviously, Lindsay Smith gets a Group 1, well-deserved. What, what do we do with the favourite? I don't know, Dave. Um, it was a... He played up in the barriers, uh, and he obviously got vetted and passed fit to run, and I don't think that was an issue. But I, I, to me, he just didn't seem in the race. Like, he didn't seem to concentrate or, or something like where his other runs, he's virtually towed the riders into the race. On Saturday, uh, the, the fast pace should have suited him, um, but he was always, whether he didn't like having converged to his outside, I, I didn't think he'd probably get in one off the rail from the draw, but he did, and... He had converged on his outside. Whether he didn't like that, I don't know. He's he's run a respectable race, but if you took the short odds, he, he hasn't, obviously. Um, I don't know what you know. I heard them say that maybe he doesn't run the mile. Maybe it was hard to make ground. Well, Laws of Indices was way back and, and ran straight past him. So I don't subscribe to that, really. Um, yeah, I, a bit of a bit of a head-scratcher with the favourite. And uh, what did you make of... His favourite uh, Duff. I mean, um, I, don't, I think is the Golden Eagle now off the table after that performance on Saturday. Duff. Yeah, want... it might be. It might be back on the table. Okay. More so, more so than so, off the yeah. table. Yeah, yeah. because look, I, I'm convinced he's a better horse than what we saw on Saturday. From what oh, I've seen, sure. from what I've seen of him before. So I think if he would have won, we, he would the Golden Eagle would have been off the table then because they might have been thinking Cox Plates. 
So now that he may have shown a little weakness or had a, an off day, I think they can really think about taking on a you know a restricted age race with worth a lot a lot of money, and he's still going to be one of the favourites. So no, I, I think it's far from off the table. Okay, well he's currently what eight dollars there, Munns in that Golden yeah, Eagle. He, he lost favouritism for the the Golden Eagle after he was beaten on Saturday, so hinged and light infantry, and it should arrive here this week. You'd have to think, wouldn't it? Light infantry. Uh, Six dollars each of two. Animo's still there, but uh, we, it won't be running at eight dollars. Uh, with I wish I win, and then you've got Fangirl, Mister Mozart, eleven, and uh, a stack of them at fifteen. So, and we'll know a lot more after we run the Silver Eagle now this Saturday with first three out of the Silver Eagle, uh, basically ballot exempt to go in. from the Golden Eagle. All right, Mark's on the line. Mark, uh, good morning to you. G'day, Dave. G'day, boys. Um, I just want to talk about Lake Creek. Uh, I've been on this program a couple of times to mention about this horse, and uh, it was so good to show on Saturday how good she really is. Uh, I know Dino's got a wrap on her, and, and uh, what she produced on Saturday, she ran a second and a half faster. There were three 1,600-metre races on that program, and she's run one and a half seconds faster than the other two, and the smash infantries, or whatever its name is, who had one race up to 1,400 metres and one a mile, and beat a horse called I Wish I Win over there in New Zealand, to do what she did on Saturday was enormous. And it's just a shame that, um, you know, Cox played um, all even the Epsom last week when she had her 50 kilos. She's a serious, serious racehorse. And I'm just glad to see her do what she did on Saturday. Well, she might be here for the Golden Eagle as well, I'm hearing. Um, yeah, I think they said Empire Rose is the number one. Yeah. Okay. Number I, one yeah. choice. Yeah. There was three that were seen either back up in the liver mole. Uh, the Golden yeah. Eagle or the Empire Rose. Well, the Empire so we'll keep an eye Rose. on it. She's outstanding. Um, is she still fresh enough for the, the 14, 1500 of the Golden Eagle? I don't know, but the way she <laughs> demoralised them there on Saturday, when you look through mm. her record, she started threes on in that derby. Well, the piece of paper I looked at, I, I don't know if that's right, but, um, yeah, she's a, she's a, a, a ripper. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You are. It's 9.49. We're going to get to some callers now. Greg's on the line. Morning, Greg. Yeah, g'day, Dave. How you going, mate? Good, mate. I was wondering if I could um, just ask a couple of questions of Munns um, about Randwick, and then I've got one question for Dean on Caulfield. Fire away, mate. Yeah, so um, I'll just uh, Navajo Peak in race three, um, Munzee. Uh, where, where do you see um, Navajo Peak going after that run and, and good win on the weekend? Well, he's in rare form at the moment. Uh, he'd won a, a midway, then went to another midway, so he stepped up to a 78 on Saturday, also stepped up in distance. Once again, whether or not it was more to do with the fact that uh, he was on pace. So the two races he's won at Ramwick have been uh, rail six and rail seven. Uh, sorry, rail seven and rail eight, where it's been a huge advantage to be on pace. Uh, he's run behind Mahagoni the other day was all right. So, you know, he's, he, he's only, he was only a benchmark 69 horse. Uh, winning a benchmark 78 on Saturday. So he's still got a little bit of room to move and he's still eligible for another 78. But, you know, he's in good form and he's one of those horses. Those horses that get out of trouble uh, up near the lead in those middle distance races, they're always hard to beat because of the fact, you know, those that are back in the field have got have got to run very, very quick time to run them down and most of them can't. I think I heard David say after the race he may have done enough this preparation and he might go to the paddock. All right, thanks for that, Ron. Um, yeah, guys, just quickly moving on to Caulfield now. Um, mm. In respect to, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, Randwick, the lay of the day, Munns, did, oh, I didn't catch it on the weekend. Did, did it was it Williamsburg, it and it, it, it was proven correct, it didn't win. <laughs> yeah, okay, no drama. So uh, moving on to, to Caulfield now, um, how, how did you think the, the, the rail played there on the weekend, Dino? You know? oh, I think it, it, it was. Um... I thought it played okay. I thought the track played well. Uh, there were thoughts that you couldn't make ground out wide, but as I said, laws of indices probably proved that wrong. Um, I think a few of the horses that led on the fence went a bit slow in a few races, and momentum horses uh, got the better of them late. But uh, no, I, I didn't have a problem with the rail, just maybe how some used it. Uh, you know, Pillayley was only one off when, when he got through, so no, I'm not... I'm not potting the rail, no. Last but not least, uh, Written Beauty, race 10, 
uh, Dino. Uh, J-Mac Chris Waller wrote it on the weekend. Um, uh, any, a horse to follow, do you think? Or um... uh, Much better on the drier ground, there's no doubt. Obviously, she was hopeless first up. And uh, you know, she ran... Uh, she ran well. Uh, she should be fitter again for that run, and and there's a probably a race for her uh, over the Flemington Carnival. I'd imagine there's a, a mare's race over 1100 on Derby Day, or there's a 1400. So she's got options Cup week. So I think she's ready to probably win a race. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for your time uh, this morning, gentlemen. Love the show as always, and talk to you again soon. Thanks, Greg. Beautiful. Thanks very much for that, uh, Greg. Paul's on the line. Morning, Paul. Uh, morning. Uh, just two questions for Dean Lester. Is Jewess still nominated for the Caulfield Cup? And yep. The other question is, um, what do you think the chances of Young Werther in the Melbourne Cup? Uh, Jewess is, uh, yep, still in the Caulfield Cup. And Young Werther, well, he's going okay and he likes Flemington. So um, I don't know where he has his lead-up run, but uh, it's not the Caulfield Cup. He wasn't nominated, so... Uh, I would say uh, he'll run at Geelong or Mooney, Mooney Valley, but he's ticking over okay, yeah. Uh, and he's always looked like he'd stay. He didn't get a real chance to last year because he pulled up uh, wrong after the, the Caulfield Cup. So, uh, no, he, he's ticking over okay. If you like him, he hasn't done anything wrong this campaign. All right. Thanks for that. And we've got Steve on the line. Morning, Steve. Morning, boys. How are you? Good, mate. I just got a couple. Um, one there for uh, Duff or Dino um, Valana. What, what, what do you think about this horse coming back for Godolphin? Any any chance for the Golden Eagle? You reckon? Uh, yeah. Look, you'll know more after Saturday. He'll run in the Silver Eagle. I would have thought he may have been going into the Silver Eagle there on Saturday. Maybe half a run short. Typical Godolphin. Get him ready. Uh, for the Golden Eagle, I, I got a funny feeling I heard Darren maybe a month ago saying he was their P horse, so you know he's being targeted for it. And there's nothing wrong with his form coming out of the Stradbroke. Uh, and then, he, you know, he's a Fred Breast winner and whatever he did going into that, uh, like he might have won the South Pacific betting Lock Eagle. So he's a lovely horse and he's, he's untapped, only had the six or seven starts. So, yeah, no knock from me, but you will learn more about him after he runs in the Silver Eagle next Saturday. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, it's 9.56 on Sky Sports Radio. Let's get some uh, horses to follow from Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester. I think Glenn's going to pass this week. So we'll, we'll start with you, Duff. What are we following? Yeah, look, if if anything, out of Ramwick, he's not. He looks a nice horse, Pericles. Um, he's one of the only horses to make ground out wide. He's lightly raced. He's only had two starts, and and that was a pretty brave performance going to that level um, under those conditions on Saturday. So he's a horse that could go right through his classes. All right, uh, Dino, horses to follow. Uh, yeah, Dave, I thought that, um, that, well, we spoke of King's Gambit, the two-year-old. I think he set a really good level down here. Um, he basically ran a figure that uh, no two-year-old down here ran last se- all last season. So uh, he's uh, a very nice horse. A couple out of the 1,200-metre uh, uh, village stakes, uh, Crosshaven. Uh, he'll go Derby Day to Flemington, uh, 1,400 metres, the Linlithgow Stakes. And he'll go very close at good odds, Crosshaven. And Tripper Missile will run on the same day, I think, in the Tab Stakes over 1,200 at Flemington. And uh, he ran very well first up. So King's Gambit, Crosshaven, triple missile for me. And Munn's passing. Yeah, I'm going to pass, Dave. I can't Where's it running? Up. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what I am going to do, Dave. Now, there's a lady, one of the longest-serving tab agents. Now, you actually know this lady because they told me you danced with her at Granville. Yes. You did a function at Granville. Yes. Margaret Southwell. <laughs> now, Margaret started with the tab back in 1965 in the yep. telephone betting section at head office, and she's operated tab agencies since May of 1965, retired yesterday. Uh, she's operated agencies at Beaconsfield, Rosebury, Coogee, Souths Juniors, East Lakes, and Mascot. Now, if that's not a true South Sydney fan, 
I don't know what is. She's refused to move out of the South Sydney Territory. Uh, she concluded her 58 years of service yesterday. Uh, there was a big party, balloons, well wishes and everything like that at the agency at Mascot in uh, Botany Road there, just near King Street uh, at Mascot. And uh, she's a lovely, lovely lady, Margaret. So enjoy your retirement after 58 years of service. And uh, you reckon she hasn't taken a few bets in a time. And Ken Dance too. Uh, Muds, mm, Elvis. I hope, I hope they give the dogs found the squeaky ball too. Yes, yes. Uh, obviously a big week, guys, uh, in Sydney and also in Melbourne, of course. Tab Everest. Do we know what's happening for the barrier draw, Duff? Um, oh, I don't know. I think it's t- tomorrow night. Yep. Um, I think Are you gonna... jumping out of a plane or is Munns jumping no, out of a plane I, or anything like I, that? I, I think they're going to pre-do the draw so that there's no mistakes and then there's going to be a reveal, I'm told. A okay. reveal with yeah, drones. Duff, myself, Greg Radley, Shani on jet skis, Dave. How uh, coming down a slope off the Harbour Bridge yep. and doing somersaults and then right. the number will be revealed from a, from a uh, parachute just in front of the Opera House. How good. And, yes. and this is happening tomorrow night. So this will be the coverage... It'll be to- 7.30 tomorrow, tomorrow night, tomorrow. Dave. Uh, the trek to the Everest, I think you'll find, is live tomorrow night at 7.30 and the okay. barrier reveal will be on trek to the Everest there. Fantastic. and. Uh, all of the other races on Saturday for now Tab Everest Day. Uh, Tab have the naming rights now for the day. Uh, so it'll be now re- referred to as Tab Everest Day uh, at Ramwick on Saturday. And all the other races will come out Wednesday as per normal. And, uh, yeah, so Kosciuszko will be out Wednesday. Sydney Stakes, yep. Silver Eagle, Craven, uh, Five Diamond Prelude, the St. Ledger, the Angst. We've got the Reginald Allen uh, and, of course, that big dance wild card. And then down in Melbourne, Dino, of course, uh, Caulfield Cup Day um, is going to be uh, It's going to be a beauty, mate. What's the weather like in that part of the world? Uh, weather's going to be okay till Wednesday, Dave, but then Thursday, Friday, uh, we're supposed to get a lot of rain. So yeah, okay. uh, it could have a big impact uh, on, uh, on how the uh, Corville Cup uh, shapes up, so uh, yeah, we'll have to stay tuned with that. But uh, we're going to have good weather for Wednesday for the thousand guineas, and then uh, yeah, then as you said, Corville Cup, uh, Corville Sprint, the Corville Classic, uh, the Tristark, to name a few of the races next Saturday. So uh, yeah, it's a it'll be a bumper program, but might be on wet ground. Okay, all right. Uh, look forward to it, boys. We'll chat to you Monday week here on Sky Sports Radio for Punters Post Board. Have a good one, everyone. See you guys. Thanks, Dave.